years ago, on a Saturday afternoon, I used to spend a short while watching the television. Perhaps some of you older ones will remember that, um, it's, it's echoing a little bit this, Mark, just turn it down just a touch. Uh, some of you older ones will perhaps remember the wrestling matches that used to be on on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, it was quite entertaining. Uh, it was more entertaining than it, than it was um, fighting, actually. Uh, and they'd have unusual names. Some, like, one was called Giant Haystacks, another was called Big Daddy. One was called uh, Terminator, I think. One was called Shirley. I don't know why Shirley, because it didn't look anything like Shirley Temple. But they had, you had all these guys, and they were all wrestling. And of course, the aim of the wrestling match was to win, as in any other competition. A knockout, of course, uh, caused you to win the competition, providing you weren't the one that was knocked out. And troop submissions also got you the win. And of course, the submission... You twisted the other fellow's arm up his back or you twisted his leg around in some way and you caused enough pain for the guy to smack the floor and to give in. And of course the referee was on the floor shouting, do you give, do you give, do you submit? And it was, as I say, it was entertaining. Now this morning, we're looking at a verse in the scriptures which says, submit to one another. Now, apart from one or two words, it's got nothing to do with wrestling. Although we sometimes wrestle with ourselves if we're going to submit. Because sometimes it's not as easy as you would imagine. Now, I mention this because we're looking at this, as I say, submission today. And although we say it's not like wrestling, believe me, I've seen some mundingers in church circles where people certainly haven't submitted to one another and are wrestling with one another because of sometimes even doctrine. Uh, but they don't want to give in. And uh, as we look at this and as we go through this, we'll see what we can do and how we can avoid it and what things to watch out for. So submission. First of all, let me say that submission has got nothing to do with status. The Bible says quite clearly that we're all one in Christ. So whether you're male or female, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're a, 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 an employee or an employer, whoever you are, uh, red and yellow, black or white, I nearly broke into song then. We're all precious in God's sight. Every one of us, we're all equal. But there are some times when we have to agree to submit to one another for the sake and for the reverence of Jesus Christ. And so it's so important that we get this message as one, in the One Another series. I was the unfortunate one in picking this because most of them are a pleasure to do. To be kind, that's quite easy, isn't it? You know, you can take your time about it, you can pick your days, whatever. But submission, that's something which you have to do when the thing arises, as we shall see. But submission. Uh, let me say that there are instances where we do have, where, where it is necessary to submit, and there is an order in which we submit. We have to be obedient. Um, and it's not because we're not unequal in status, 
it's because there is an order that is accepted. Let me give you an example. Jesus submitted to his father. He said, I do only those things which the father asked me to do. And you remember when he went to the cross, Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it's possible, let this pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He spoke in submission. He also said, I will send the comforter. And of course, we've uh, been hearing about that this morning from Tristan. Now, this is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, of course, the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost uh, in response to Jesus' uh, request. And so there we, we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three in one. There's unity there. There's no difference in status. They're all one. And yet, there was an order to fulfill. They, had, they all had a role to fulfill. Now, of course, that theme does follow into the believer's Uh, to us as well. For instance, Paul goes on to tell us in Ephesians uh, 5, in the latter part, how how husbands and wives should behave and what uh, their their status is together. He also tells us, uh, and and Peter also tells us, that we are to uh, obey those who have authority over us. And so there is obedience in that sense. But we're not looking at that this morning we're going to stick to Ephesians 5.21 where it, uh, Paul writes to us and tells us, well, he, he wrote to the Ephesians, but it applies to us, that we must submit to one another in reverence to Christ. The word submit in the original Greek was hupotasso, and it lip, literally means to stand under. Now, the word is what it, uh, what it suggests. Obedience, submission, subordination, subjection. And this seems totally contrary to what we've just been saying, that we're all one in Christ. You would think that if you were being obedient or subservient, then you were at a lower status. But no, it's not about that. It's about our behavior to one another, rather than status. So let's have a look a bit at the background of this letter. Uh, Paul had been uh, spent a couple of years at Ephesus during his missionary journeys. And uh, when he left there, uh, he found it quite a, quite a strain, quite a stretch. He, um, he loved the people at Ephesus. And he writes to them, you you can read his his last sermon, actually, his his final address to them in Acts 20, 17 to 38. We're not going to read it this morning, but you will find there how upset he is at leaving them. And it's obviously uh, affecting him. And he writes this letter from Rome. uh, He's imprisoned in Rome. uh, And he writes the letter to them uh, to express his love for them and to give them instructions. Ephesus, of course, was, is, is now uh, n- not there. It's gone. Uh, there are a few ruins there which you can walk down the, the flagged streets. It's quite near to Izmir in the northern, n- northwest part of, uh, yeah, northwest part of Turkey. 
And the letter which he sent to them would then have been passed on to the other churches in uh, Asia Minor. You'll, the, you'll read of the churches in Asia Minor in Revelation. They all got a letter. Uh, and, uh, and so these, this letter from Paul would have been passed around those churches after the Ephesians had read it for themselves. It wasn't, of course, chapter and verse to it. It was just a letter as you would receive a letter from someone else uh, or, or from a loved one that you haven't seen for a while. Um, and the sentence that we picked out this morning was to the end of the letter. Now, if you've got a letter from somebody you haven't seen for a while, five or six pages, and you turn to the next to the last page and read a sentence, you could be forgiven for thinking, um, what on earth is he talking about? You see, you usually start reading the letter at the beginning, and, and so you know what's, what's coming when you, by the time you get to the last page. And that is why I want to spend a little bit of time this morning just taking some brief notes out of Ephesians so that we understand where Paul is coming from when he tells the brethren in the Ephesian church to submit to one another. Ephesians splits up quite nicely into two sections, one to three and then four to six. Six chapters, so three, the first three chapters, one section, and the last three chapters, another section. The first three can be uh, entitled, Our Position in Christ, and the last three, Our Practice in Christ. And so let's have a, spend just a few moments looking out at our position in Christ. First of all, Paul starts off with the blessings of redemption. You'll find those in chapter 1, verse 3 to 8. That's a good place to start, isn't it? We wouldn't even be Christians. We wouldn't be believers had we not been redeemed. Thank God for redemption. Thank God that we're believers. Thank God that he's our savior and our sins are forgiven and we're washed, cleansed in the blood of Christ. He goes on to talk about our assurance and victory in Christ, 15 to 21. And then he talks of our place in the body of Christ, verses 22 to 23. Chapter 2, he follows it up with God's love for us in 4 to 10. And then our union and peace. And our union with, uh, as we've just been talking about, all, all one in Christ. He talks about the fact that the Jews and the Gentiles are now joined together. Jews and Gentiles were separated people. They, perhaps to use the word hate would be the wrong word, but they certainly didn't like one another. And I, Paul talks about how there's union and peace because of Jesus Christ. And then he talks about our part in God's building, the church. And so we've talked about it, the body and the church. Same thing, just a different analogy. And then he goes on to talk about the privilege of our stewardship. You'll find that in Verse chapter 3, 8 to 13. And then he goes on to talk about the strength, our strength, or the strength that we have in the Holy Spirit. He comes and dwells within 
He's the one with whom we have to deal with as he speaks to us, as he coerces us into doing things and so forth. The strength in the Holy Spirit, if we let him have his way in us. And then he talks about faith and love by the indwelling Christ, 17 to 19 of chapter 3. Following that, we jump into chapters 4, 5, and 6, and they talk about, it's all about our responsibility. Chapter 4, our, responsible, our, our response is to be a, remain pure and look after, make, make sure that we, we don't offend God in anything that we do. Remain, purity is the uh, theme of chapter 4. Chapter 5, it talks about spirit-filled living, how we are to let the Spirit of God dwell within us and flow out through us. In chapter 6, he talks about spiritual warfare. And so we've got two themes here running. First of all, our position in Christ, and then our responsibility or our practice in Christ. To summarize the letter, what Paul is saying is because of our um, privileged position in Christ, then we have an obligation regarding our practice in Christ. Tristan again was speaking about this this morning. Because of what Christ has done in our lives, because of his love for us, in self-sacrifice for us, then we have that obligation to follow him and to do his bidding. And that's why chapter 4 starts with these words. Therefore I, Paul, a prisoner. You could translate that. Because of what I've just said, I, Paul, a prisoner for serving God, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And chapter 5 includes that verse 21, which we're looking at this morning. Submit to one another. So let's have a look at the context, the immediate context of that uh, verse. I'm reading from 5.15. So be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand that the Lord, what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourself, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And you will always give thanks for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And furthermore, you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, if I'm reading that verse right, it's not that he's not suggesting that we must do. He's not giving us his instruction. He's saying you will do. But the condition is that we filled, remain filled with the Spirit. It's there in verse, 50, uh, verse 18, quite plainly. 
that if we're filled with the Spirit and remaining under the Spirit's control, then we will do these things. Now, I know it's written a little bit differently in the authorized version, but the key to it, whichever version you read, is that we remain filled with the Spirit. Because we don't, then we will fall into the temptation of not submitting to one another and having our own way. So submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I just mentioned that the reason that we often don't do is because we don't, we're not filled with the Spirit. We're not controlled by the Spirit. And so we don't display the fruit of the Spirit. And we just want to do our own thing. But let's have a look at one or two other reasons why uh, when we're not controlled with the Spirit, it all goes pear-shaped. Here are some reasons that we find it hard to submit or to give in to one another. We always think that we're right. We always think that we're doing, the thing, doing things right or saying it right. It's difficult to admit that we're wrong. And, uh, you know, some might argue, well, somebody's got to be right, and I'm usually the one. <laughs> but that's not the case, friends. You don't always have to be right. Neither does your, your, your opponent. You can both be wrong. And so we need to take time, and we need to submit to one another. Quite often we're quick to react, aren't we? Even before the other person's finished speaking, we're butting in, interrupting. But I did it this way. You know, we need to give consideration to others. So many times we don't give time to consider what the other person has said. We might wait till they, they finish speaking. But do we think, is that, you know, do we give time for the Spirit of God to work within us and, and, and let us think that that is right? Do we consider it right? You know, the Word of God says that he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, you'd expect that to be right, wouldn't you? If you've got an ear, you'd expect it to work unless you're old and you, you, know, you need an hearing aid. But I believe it means that if you've got an ear to ear, then hear, not just hear, but hear, let him hear. In his heart, let him hear. Because if it's just going in this ear and out of the other, that means there's nothing there to stop it. And we've got to use our minds, our, our thinking, and we've also got to use our heart and be obedient uh, to what God is saying in these situations. And sometimes, of course, we contradict, contradict just for the sure pleasure of it or the devilment of it. Because we'll see in a few minutes uh, how that does affect us as we listen to the enemy. Often it's a result of pride or arrogance when God is looking for humility and the fruit of the Spirit to be displayed. And it, it, we need to be aware of it, friends. I know it's, it's a difficult situation talking about correction, but it's important in the church of God, isn't it? James 4 and verses 6 to 7 says this, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit therefore to God, 
Resist the devil, and he will flee, flee from you. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what I was saying before, friends. If we're not full of the Spirit, then we're open to the devil to come in. Jesus talks about the room, doesn't he? And sweeping, the, getting rid of the devil. But if you don't fill it with God, then he comes back in. And we just need to be aware that we need to be full of the Spirit. Not just on a Sunday, but every day. Submit, therefore, to God. That word submit is exactly the same. Hupotasso. Now, we don't have problems submitting to God, do we? We do. Because if we were submitting to God, then we wouldn't find it difficult at all submitting to one another. Now, you might say, well, I was writing what I said, and I can back it up with Scripture. But did you say it in the right frame of mind? Did you say it out of love? A couple of years ago, I spoke the truth, and I backed it up with Scripture. But I didn't say it in love. And I found that I had to go and apologize. Because it, it, it weighed on me, it troubled me. And friends, that's the thing to do. If we found that we found ourselves in a situation and we haven't submitted, then let's do what it says in that verse we just read from James. Let's be humble and let's go and put it right. What do people argue most about, do you think, in Christian circles? The most arguments I've heard under this roof have been about doctrine. Fancy arguing about the word of God. Now, I know it's important that we rightly divide the word of truth, but friends, there are some things which I'm happy to leave until it happens. You know, that's... Tristan again read this, the scriptures this morning, and... Uh, People argued when they heard them speaking in other tongues. Some even accused them of being drunk. And Peter said, hey, these men aren't drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning and the pubs don't open until 12. How can they be drunk? And then he said something amazing. He said, this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. You see, the people that were complaining were Jews. They'd read Joel, but they hadn't understand it. They didn't know what it was about. But he said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And friends, when it comes to eschatology, we might be wise to do the same thing. There are hundreds of books on the end time, all like this. And yet God put it into a few pages like this. I don't know how they managed to write all those books at all. But if you're going to be arguing about end times, how silly. When it happens, we'll be able to say, this is that which was written in Revelation. Leave it to God. He'll work it out, friends. We don't have to get in a, 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 all of a, a bother about that. Now, so far, we've just been talking about talking but, and about what we do speech-wise. But, you know, it's just as important what we do. 
so important of how we behave ourselves as well as how, well, I suppose what, that's a behavioral thing as well, isn't it? Interrupting and butting in and not submitting. But let me re read a, a, a few of These are my favorite scriptures here, so uh, I perhaps use them nearly every time I speak. Out of Philippians 2, because here you've got a similar thing happening. It says here in Philippians 2, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? What a question. You know, that shouldn't need answering, should it? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts, under the, are your hearts tender and sympathetic? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one another, with one heart and purpose. That's talking about submitting to one another, isn't it? Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on each other. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they're doing. My, that's our position, isn't it, in Christ? But it's also our practice. You know, Paul has taken a similar theme there to what, how he did in, in Ephesians, hasn't he? But kind of miniaturized it. Our position in Christ, the benefits that we've received from Christ, and our obligation to serving him and loving one another as we love him. And then, of course, he goes on because Paul gives us an example to follow. Your attitude should be, that should be, I left my glasses in my bag there, but never mind it. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took on the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on the cross. We might never be called to go that far. But in remembering the example that Christ was for us, he was, he did. He went all the way. He even suffered death for us. Our example, his example, should be our motivation for obedience and believing him. There is a verse in Romans 10, uh, 12 and verse 10, and it says, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, give preference one to another. Now, some people quote the authorized version, in honor preferring one another. I'm not too keen on that verse because you can get the wrong impression. You could think, I'm honoring my brother by preferring that he does it. And that's not what it's saying at all. It's saying, in honoring your brother, then you give him preference. You let him have the high side and you give in to him. This verse in... Uh, the Bible which we're using this morning, it's it, quite different. Be kindly affectionate one to another. There's a one to another there. I don't know whether we've got it in the...
force or not. With brotherly love, in honor, give preference one to another. There's another one to another. I don't know whether we've got that one in. But we've certainly got this in because the, the, the whole theme of that verse is submit to one another. And so let's be obedient. Let's act with brotherly love and give preference to one another. You know, friends, submission can never be required or demanded by one of the other or by one on the other. It can only be given on the basis of trust. And that is trust in the word of God. We need to believe God's word and be willing to grow in our relationship because that's what it's all about. As we carry out these one another's, we're growing together in love. We're coming together as a family. And just as we're talking about families, how tragic it is. One of the things that of, of not submitting to one another is distance of, of families. I know Christian families who are also uh, biological families. And there's anarchy in the family. Cousins don't speak to cousins. Brothers don't speak to sisters. It's tragic, friends. It really is. And it ought not to happen. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it shouldn't happen in the church either. And so, let's agree that submission is a good thing. And on the side of submission, we have, because of our position in Christ, he's done so much for us, we're obligated to do something for him, be obedient to him. In reverence for Christ, that's another reason. He was willing to be submissive. So should we. He was our example. We have the filling and the control of the Holy Spirit who is looking for to us to display the fruits of the Spirit. And we've also got submission to God and the humility that comes with that. Hupertasso. Stand under, be subservient, submissive, obedient, etc. You know, I don't like to think that I'm subservient to another believer, you might say, or I might say. But friends, if I can't be submissive or submit to another believer, surely I can submit to God. And if I submit to God, then that's the same thing as I said before. We're being obedient to him. You know, Paul gives his reasons for requesting this submission. Let me turn back to chapter 4. This is what he says. For you, you have been called by God. Be humble, be gentle, be patient with each other. Make an allowance for one another's faults. Because of your love, Always keep yourself united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. And if we do that, we will fulfill Jesus' aim because Paul tells us in verse 27 of Ephesians 5, the same chapter that we're looking at, that Jesus' aim is to have a glorious church, one without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish, 
But you know, friends, he needs our cooperation because we are his church. Let's pray. Our Father, we want to give you thanks this morning for sending Jesus. Jesus, we want to give you thanks this morning that you were willing to come. How we bless you for our salvation this morning. What a beautiful thing it is to belong to Jesus. And we pray this morning, our Heavenly Father, that we'll see in your word the truths that we've been looking at, how we need to be kind, how we need to be loving one to another, but also how we need to submit to one another. We don't want to be put into any pain before we submit. We want to do so out of love for one another and out of love for Jesus. So help us this morning, our Heavenly Father, to grasp this beautiful truth that if we submit to one another, then we will live in peace and harmony. We will not suffer the strife that we have if we're at odds with one another, with our brothers and sisters. But we will be at peace with one another. We will love one another. And there will be harmony. Help us to be obedient to your word and submissive to yourself. In Jesus' name we ask it.